Hi, this is Maddie Rose, host of The Fame Game, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Lauren Spirer. She is 20 years old and went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, June 3rd, 2011 at 4.30 a.m. She is Caucasian, 4'11", 95 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She was wearing a white tank top, a white button-down shirt, and full-length black spandex pants. If you know of Lauren's whereabouts, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline, 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Lauren, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we will be talking with Faith Rogo about the Dark Knight Rises midnight premiere shooting in Aurora. We will also be talking with Ryan Okoa from Disney XD's Pair of Kings. Love that show. Plus, we will be reviewing the Dark Knight Rises and Dark Crystal. So right now we are talking with Faith Rogo. And we are just going to be talking a little bit about what has happened in Aurora um, last weekend. And so at the midnight premiere at um, Century 16, 16th Century Movie Theater in Aurora, um, at the Dark Knight Rises midnight premiere, there was a shooting and several people were killed and even more people were injured. And so it's just very horrific, random act of violence that has personally devastated people in my family because I lost um, two close family friends at the shooting. And, you know, I just feel so bad for everyone who was even more affected who lost their children or their sisters or anything like that. So we're just going to be talking a little bit about that. And so, like I said, we have Faith Rogo with us. So, Faith, what are your thoughts on the whole situation and the whole tragedy that happened? Well, I... I look at it from um, the the perspective of somebody who thinks a lot about media and the kinds of information we get from media. So in addition to just the human reaction, uh, sharing your kind of horror and maybe a little bit of outrage about it, I also see some interesting things in terms of the way that it's been reported. Uh, I'll just give you one for instance. Uh, Lots of people use the phrase, you know, random act, but then they follow that by somehow trying to link it to the premiere of The Dark Knight, like it isn't random. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and so we have to kind of think about, well, what, what's that about? Absolutely. Well, and I think the biggest question on everybody's minds is why would someone like this do something, you know? Like, it just, for me, 
you know, like you go and you, when you're driving in the car, there's always a chance that you could get into a car accident and you take that risk when you like get in the car and same with like swimming, there's always a risk that you could drown or something like that. But when you go into a movie theater, you know, in my mind and personally in the mind of like all my friends and family, you don't think that anything bad could happen to you because, you know, you go to the movies to be entertained. And in my opinion, the movie theater is one of the places where you're the most vulnerable because, you know, you're just sitting in a dark place and there's really like only one or two exits at most theaters and you know you're just zoned out on what's happening in front of you and so I just you know I think everybody is sort of trying to come to terms with why it happened so do you have any thoughts on that? I think the most important thing to keep in mind as we listen to coverage of this right now is we don't know and in part, we don't know because we don't have all the information yet. Absolutely. And we may never have all the information. So we have to be really careful because in the media coverage of it, you're going to get a lot of people who are being interviewed as experts or who are pundits or who are news anchors. And they sometimes offer things. And here's where the media literacy skill of being able to uh, distinguish truth from opinion um, or fact from opinion is important because they're speculating. And it's also kind of important to understand why that kind of speculation happens and to know enough about media structures that uh, you understand that if, say, a major news network that doesn't usually have a reporter in Aurora, Colorado or in Denver uh, is sending an anchor there and an entire crew with that anchor, they want to get their money's worth. They have to pay these people to go there. And so we get these hour-long television specials or uh, lots of you know morning show coverage or something like that. They have to fill airtime. And what are you going to fill airtime with if you don't have the facts yet? Uh, and so we get a very particular way and usually very superficial way of reporting these events. And I think that's where we're at right now. So the the real answer to your question is from a news reporting perspective, we don't know why. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking with Faith Rogo about the Aurora shooting. Plus, we will have with us Ryan Okoa from Disney XD's Pair of Kings. Plus, we will be reviewing The Dark Knight Rises and Dark Crystal. So right now, we have with us Faith Rogo, and we we're just talking a little bit about the tragedies that occurred at the Century 16 movie theater in Aurora. And... You know, I absolutely agree with you that we may never really know why because there is only one person that knows why those events occurred and why, you know, those horrible actions were carried through and we may never know. I think something that is very, very shocking though to me personally is I have, like, I have family in Aurora and I have gone to that movie theater like so many times before to like since I was really really little and so I think it's just shocking to be like you know whenever I've been in that movie theater I felt so safe and to be like well that wasn't a safe place at that time and I think something that other people are struggling with is well what if this happens again and like are we safe when we go to movie theater so what are your thoughts on that and you know your what are your what's your advice to people on um you know, keeping calm. 
Well, one of the things that media does is repeat things a lot. And so they stay very present with us. Um, when, if you really look at the statistics, that theater still is really safe. Absolutely. Right? How, how many years has that theater been in business? How many <laughs> thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people have been there? How many thousands of films have they shown? Uh, where it has been a totally safe experience. Does that mean nothing can ever happen anywhere? Well, obviously not. Um, but so, so I think we need to kind of keep a little perspective on it. And I also think it's interesting that um, so most of us weren't in Aurora at the time, and most of us weren't in the theater at the time. And so our perception of what this event was is solely through the media. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe uh, some people have people who were there and they're getting a little bit of you know personal recollection from people, but most of us, the vast majority of us, are getting our perception of this event through media reports. And we have to remember that media reports are constructed in very specific ways and that the major goal is not to necessarily give us always the best information about mm -hmm. what this event was like. And, you know, for better or for worse, one of the things that keeps people watching is when people are afraid. So the media construction of this is going to play up our fears. They want to keep us afraid. It's not that we shouldn't be horrified or afraid of the event that happened. Um, I, that would be the natural reaction for anybody. In fact, I'd be worried about people who weren't. But, um, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, how, how, you know, does our fear monitor kind of stay at that high, high level that it might have been at the very first? And lots of media constructions of this are going to try to keep us at that high, high level because that's how they keep us watching or reading or tuned in. Mm -hmm. And we just need to be kind of aware of that. Absolutely. Well, even, you know, how you were saying, like, the way the media is constructed is in a very specific way. And I was even noticing, like, on Friday, I was doing so much research because the more informed I am, like, the better I feel about, like, things. And so I was doing a ton of research, like, all Friday after I found out about the events that occurred. Um, and the um, stories kept changing, like, all throughout the day. And so it was sort of hard to really get a grasp on actually, like, all of the details because the details kept changing, like, throughout the whole day. And um, also about the feel fear level that you were mentioning, you know, I go see so many movies um, all the time because of, you know, Kids First and reviewing films. So I'm in movie theaters you know, all the time. And, you know, I had just seen The Dark Knight Rises at a different movie theater, um, but like three days before it happened. And so I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, like, you know, what if I'm never safe in a movie theater again? And then I started realizing, well, you know, th bad things happen random things happen but that doesn't mean it happens in every movie theater all the time and things like that like my brother was even saying he's eight he was saying like well I don't want to go see a movie ever again and I'm going to use like Columbine as a reference and the Columbine shootings which happened in Colorado and you know that was an awful tragedy and several people died there but people go to high school every day and they're fine so I think you know we just need to remember that this was a total you know, random thing that nobody saw coming and that we are still safe because, you know, we are still safe. And so what is your best advice that you could give to someone who is worried about, you know, going to the movies or going out in public? 
I think besides the, you know, just keeping that statistic in mind of this is the first incident I can recall in my lifetime that ever took place in a movie theater that was anywhere near like this, um, that in a way, the fact that this incident took place at a movie theater is almost incidental. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, mass shootings have happened in other kinds of locations. Uh, you can't govern your life by what might happen. All we can do is take reasonable precautions. And so what I would want to do is uh, guide people to think about, well, what kinds of actions can we take in response to something like this? And my best advice for that would be we need to talk about uh, the, the role that um, our decisions and where we go and how we treat people and and the kinds of media we choose to watch and how Absolutely. it influences us and all of that. We need to talk about that and we need to talk about it with everybody. Thank you so much for being with us. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. 
Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We have with us now Ryan Ochoa, and we are going to be talking about him, and he stars in Disney XD's Pair of Kings, and he plays the mischievous Lanny. So how are you doing today, Ryan? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being with us. It's great to talk to you. So, like I said, you play Lanny in Pair of Kings, and, you know, I'm a huge fan of the show. I love you in the show. And my really? brother, he, my brother, like, absolutely adores you. You're, like, his favorite character in the show. And every time I turn on the TV, I'm like, what do you want to watch? And he's like, oh, it's Pair of Kings on? I'm like, I'll see if it's on. So, anyway, yeah, you definitely have some fans over here. So, tell us how you got into acting. Oh, first of all, thank you so much for watching. I'm so glad you guys like it. It's awesome. But um, I got into acting, I'd say, about my first audition, like, you know, real professional audition was uh, I was about eight years old. But I grew up in San Diego area. My dad, 17 years. And I, I don't know, I've just grown up always wanting to be an entertainer and stuff. So I told my parents one day, you know, could I get into the acting business? So at, at first it was kind of just like a dream for me, you know, never thought it would actually come true until my parents actually, you know, they, they supported me and, you know, we started going on auditions. I had to get an agent and then, um, yeah, kind of just went from there. I had to move to Los Angeles where, you know, you really want to pursue your career in LA and, you know, I started auditioning and landed some roles and then now I'm on Perry Kings. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So how do you think you relate most to your character, Lanny? Wow. <laughs> um, well, Lanny's so opposite of me, you know? At first, you know, he's like, he's really evil and mischievous and conniving, and he's always trying to scheme on the kings, and that's totally not me. I'm totally opposite. But acting's acting, you know? So I, I, mm-hmm. it's cool when I get to walk on the set every single day and totally get into a character that I'm not. And for a, for a Disney show, that's the coolest part about it. Cause you never think it would be like, you know, oh, over the top, you know, I get to, I get to be, I get to be an actor every single week. And that's, that's the fun part about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And how do you think you get into character? Like what's the best way for you personally to get into your character? <laughs> well, I've grown up watching Disney all my life. So <laughs> I kind of knew like the Disney timing And, you know, I did iCarly before that. So I got to work with some people on Nickelodeon, got, you know, kind of worked with them because Nickelodeon and Disney are a lot opposite, too. So Mm -hmm. I I, I felt like I was just I was just ready to, you know, get into a Disney role. But like I said, I still had to I I played evil on iCarly. So I was kind of used to that evil character and stuff. So I don't know. I guess I I, I guess I'm just the good evil guy. (laughs) Yes. So. What do you think of the Pair of Kings like plot and what's it like for you, you know, working with the storyline in the each episode? So what's that whole experience like for you? Well, for me it's it's incredible because every single week it's like filming a movie. We film a feature film, one, you know, a 30-minute 
Disney show in one week when it takes, you know, people to film a movie months to do it. And we have visual effects and like we have effects and we're working with this new thing called Lightcraft and just everything I'm, I'm, I'm taking in and, and I'm learning and I'm u- using all of this as experience to, cause like when I get older, I want to d- direct and produce and stuff. And you need to, uh, you need to be familiar with all of this stuff. And our producers on the show are incredible. And like I said, we're filming a movie every single week. The writing is insane. The stories are just really adventurous and, we, we all have a blast filming. Mm-hmm. Well, and something that I actually admire the most about this show is, like, the special effects and everything. Because when you're watching, like, Disney shows and other um, shows on, like, Disney XD, you don't see, like, these big sets and, like, these big productions and stuff. So I ah. And, like, you don't really always see these adventure action themes. So I think this show definitely stands out because it's different than your typical, like, kids in high school or kids in middle school and conflicts there this is like they're battling spider monsters yeah. and things like that yeah and that's why i think kids enjoy watching that you know because it it is a lot different from just turning on a regular disney show and seeing kids at school you know just interacting with each other these are you know kids are going out f- fighting zombies and you know red creatures and aliens and mummies i mean this is just like it's your ultimate feature film every single week that's new and exciting and fun you know Absolutely. You are listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking with Ryan from Pair of Kings. Plus, we will be reviewing The Dark Knight Rises and Dark Crystal. So right now we have with us Ryan Ochoa, and he is from Disney's Pair of Kings, and we were just talking about, you know, how fun it is to be on set, and it's like filming a movie every single week, and, you know, that's awesome. So why don't you tell us what it's like for you to be with the cast and crew? Well, I have say for my first series regular job I'm so honored to say you know to when I grow up to actually look back and say my first show was the best ever working with you know our four castmates are the best the you know super talented but then I give a lot of our credit to our crew every day you know they're our lighting guys you know Johnny Simmons just got nominated for the second Emmy for cinematography back for the second year back to back. And then our writing, we have the best writers, I think. For me, not just saying this, you know, because I'm on the show, I think our writers are, you know, the best for what they do and the storylines they create for everything. And um, like and like I said, the cast, you know, I just, we're like one big family every single week. And it's like home to me. Mm-hmm. And do you think you have any like favorite moments that you've had with the cast or any pranks that have been pulled like offset? Oh, well, you know, people always say pranks, but I think every single day is a prank. You know, we we always mm-hmm. do stuff messing with each other because, like I said, we're like brother and sister. And then, um, so, you know, there's always there's always stuff happening around the set. But um, I I just say, you know, we, we always tell people it's like it's like home. Like I said, you know, we're brother and sister and we don't uh, it's it's not a job to us, really. It's you know what I mean? How mm-hmm. awesome is that? Yeah, you get to go to work every day, but you're not really working. You're just having a blast doing what you love, which I think is the best kind of work and the best kind of job for everybody to have. Yeah. So I hear you've done some voiceovers before. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience with that and how that, you know, differentiates from being on set every day? Well, well, I mean, I started, that's what I first started to do. I mean, I started doing commercials and, and voiceovers at first and the you know the different thing about voiceovers is that it's 
it's literally your voice. Like right now, you know, we have to be enthusiastic and exciting over just our voices. And that's why you literally have to put everything you have on screen. Like for an animated movie, you have to, you know, your voice has to be different and distinct and make people want to watch it, you know? Mm -hmm. But, and I also did Christmas Carol and Mars Needs Moms, but that was different because we actually go in because a lot of people think that Christmas Carol and Mars is like a voiceover movie, but we actually go in and we acted out the whole movie with Jim Carrey and Gary Oldman and Colin Firth. We all had like these, you know, motion capture suits on and we act out the whole movie. So it looked like voiceover on screen, but you know, we actually acted out the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see how that's different. I've done some voiceovers just for like local TV channels and it's like very weird because you're like in a sound booth and you're all by yourself and you're talking like you're talking to other people and you're like all Mm. by yourself. So I can definitely see how that would be different from being like on set with a bunch of people and, you know, getting to use your facial expressions and your body to, you know, show what you're doing when you really just have your voice. And the best, like the best with uh, with Disney and, you, you know, facial expressions is when you get a laugh off of just, you know, not even a line, when you just do something with your eyes or do something with your mm-hmm. mouth that, you know, gets a, a laugh from someone. That's like the best thing ever for Disney, for me. And then um, in like in a voiceover booth, you have to like you're trying to get a laugh. You're just getting it off of what you say, you know, so you have to bring mm-hmm. the character life, character to life, you know. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about some of the charity work you've done. Well, I, I, um, I started like when I was, when I started, you know, going out for uh, publicity and events and stuff, but I've worked with like, uh, the chalk hospital every year I go to, uh, go to the, the children's hospital and, you know, talk to the kids. And then right after we have like the big charity event and that's actually coming up like in like two weeks. So that's always fun. But then like Mattel's children's hospital and variety cares, you know, anything I can do, from when I'm not working on the show and, you know, just trying to get out and do whatever, that's, that's always fun for me. Mm-hmm. And what do you like the best about doing charity work? Just, you know, putting a smile on these kids' faces, you know. It's like they don't really get to meet these these people who they look up to and, and you know, just like kind of giving, you know, motivational words and just saying, you know, follow your dreams. And, you know, my new thing is dream, wish, believe that, you know, those are like words that I, I want to tell these kids and get out there, you know, cause they can, they can do anything and to keep their head up and stay strong. It just, that's, that's what I want to do is, you know, really put a, put a, put a smile on these kids faces is the most important thing for me. Absolutely. Well, that's very, very compassionate of you to, you know, take time out of your life and your busy schedule to really give back to the community. And I think that's awesome. And, you know, that's something that every young person can look up to doing because, you know, even if you're not famous like you are and do movies and and TV shows, it's still cool to give back to your community no matter how big or how small that is. So, Ryan, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. And I mean, I, I feel like this is, you know, the most important part of this job is, you know, going on these interviews and talking to you guys. And, you know, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we loved having you. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. 
kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as kids' first film critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the kids' first film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. And welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now let's discuss the latest installment of the Batman trilogy, The Dark Knight Rises. And we have with us Blake and Juliana. So how are you guys doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. What about you, Blake? I'm doing great. Awesome. So, we talked a little bit about this movie on last week's show, but it's such an awesome movie, we just have to talk about it twice. And we also have Juliana with us, which is new because she just saw this movie. So, Juliana, why don't you tell us what you thought of this movie? I thought it was really good. I mean, I, like, love, like, the action movies, and I thought this was one of my favorites. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I uh, loved this movie so much. I thought it was fantastic. So, Blake, what are your thoughts on this film? Well, I've been a fan of this trilogy ever since it first came out with Batman Begins. And I think this is just the perfect conclusion to, you know, to wrap up this trilogy that Christopher Nolan has created. So I absolutely love this movie. Mm-hmm. And what do you think is the best part of this film, like the best aspect of this film? 
I think that just, you know, being the final conclusion to the epic uh, trilogy that this is, is one of my favorite parts, just because, like, I had so many great moments along this series. There's so many memorable scenes in all of these movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I saw a movie with my friend who is like a huge Batman fan and she was like, oh my gosh, this movie like made so much sense and it like fixed so many like loose ends that I had. And I personally was a little bit confused at this movie because I hadn't seen um, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Uh, so I was a little bit confused, but I still thought this movie was fantastic and the plot had so many twists and turns. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what's happening? Because... There was parts in the movie, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, but we can't give it away, in the end of the movie when it was like, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and like what's happening? So, Juliana, do you think you have a favorite character or a scene in this movie? Um, My favorite character was definitely Catwoman. I thought she was like really awesome. Like When they were like taken out of the jail, it was really cool how she just like twisted the guy's arm and like did a flip in the air. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. cool. See, I think my favorite character would have to be Catwoman, too, because she was really mysterious, and she was also one of the characters where you didn't know if she was on Batman's side or if she was, like, on Bane's side, and so it was like, you sort of had to keep a close eye on her to figure out what her deal was, and I also think something that was, like, so awesome about her is, one, Anne Hathaway, I love her, and she did a fantastic job. Um, I think she's just a wonderful actress, and she can play such a big variety of different roles, but she... um, you know, did all of all of this stuff in stilettos, and I was like, if I was Catwoman, I would be wearing, like, sneakers or something, you know, and so I just thought that was kind of cool that she did, like, all of these action stunts and, like, six-inch stilettos, so that was pretty cool. Three, two. So, Blake, do you think you have a favorite character or a favorite scene in this movie? Yes, I think my favorite character would probably have to be Detective Blake, just because he has my name, and also, he's played by my favorite actor, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He, I think he, uh, he's one of the newer characters in uh, the trilogy, and I think he just fit right in with uh, the cast. And I really, I really liked his character, very uh, free-willed, and always did the right thing. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with you. There was something about his character that was just very intriguing and very captivating, and it made it seem like everything he was saying, like, at that moment was like, oh my gosh, I need to listen to, like, exactly what he's saying because, you know, it's, like, the most important thing in the world right now. So I think he just sort of had that air about him that, like, really fit in well with the cast, and I could definitely tell that the chemistry with him and the rest of the cast was really, really good, and I also admire him as an actor. I think he's awesome. So, Juliana, what did you think of the special effects in this movie? I thought they did a good job with it. It was, like, awesome. It was great quality. I absolutely agree with you. I think the special effects in this movie were absolutely, you know, fantastic. They were they were beyond, you know, what I could have hoped for this movie because, um, like I was saying, in the past show, the cinematography and, like, the filming in this movie was really good because it was very dark and very captivating. Um, and it, like, really relates sort of the oppressing feeling that Gotham was going on through but I think the special effects in this movie were fantastic and absolutely amazing because there were so many explosions and they all looked so real and like so many massive grand scale shots and that looked so great and so 
real. And so I think they did a fantastic job. So Blake, what do you think about the special effects and cinematography in this movie? Like you were saying about the special effects, how everything looks so real, is I don't even remember seeing any CGI at all in this movie. I think uh, it, everything just looked spot on. You know, uh, I know that the sets are real and like the actual Batmobiles and just a lot of amazing props. I thought the cinematography is also really great. They got some amazing shots in this film going over Gotham or just like setting, setting the scale for you know what was happening in the scene if it was a big thing going on they use big wide shots and if it was like small things they did lots of close-ups and uh, really emphasized what's going on in the movie absolutely you are listening to voice america kids network i'm your host raven devani and today we are reviewing the dark knight rises and dark crystal and right now we're talking about the dark knight rises which is the third and final installment in the batman trilogy starring christian bale and we have with us Blake and Juliana, and uh, we were just talking a little bit about the cinematography and special effects, and I personally think that the cinematography is very artistic because it was so emotional and it conveyed the feeling of the movie so well, and I think that was one of the best portrayals of emotion through cinematography that I think I've ever seen in movies before. So I think they did a fantastic job overall. So, Blake, what do you think about the soundtrack in this film? Well, the soundtrack is top-notch as always. You know, they really set the theme for Batman back, all the way back in Batman Begins. And uh, they use the same theme, and it's just catchy and great. And, you know, you just feel awesome listening to it. it just This movie is epic, and the music really sets the mood. It, it's, mm-hmm. Everything is just bigger, larger than life, and so is the music. And it's just fun to listen to. And Juliana, what do you think about the soundtrack and the background music in this film? I think that it really went well with like the intense moments of the movie. And it, I agree, it was really catchy and good. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about the overall production of the film, Juliana, when you combined um, the acting and the cinematography and the soundtrack and you know just the overall production, what do you think of it? I thought they did a really good job with this movie, and, like, the acting was awesome, like, Mm -hmm. really cool. Absolutely. The acting was phenomenal. I think Christian Bale is, you know, I think a very, very well-rounded actor because he is just so believable and you really get sucked in you want to know like more about his character you want to be like oh my gosh like I need to know this character's like entire backstory and I need to know how he's feeling and all this stuff because he's just very interesting the way he plays his parts so Blake what do you think about the overall production of the film the overall production of the film is just incredible this is one of my favorite movies of all time now just this mm-hmm. whole series has been great all the way through. It's not something you see often with trilogies. Like usually, the trilogies you'll you'll see like a couple of great films, and then maybe the third or the second one falling flat. But no, no this, series this series is definitely, is definitely strong, strong all the way long. through. I absolutely agree with you. And can you tell us what you think of the age group for this film? This the age group of this film is quite interesting. I think. I think anybody around the age of 12 and up will love this movie but you know uh for some kids it'll probably fly over their head anyway like some of the more mature elements but they'll they'll still definitely enjoy it because they see their hero batman on screen Mm -hmm. so you know they're sure it's um just a great time at the movie so i would suggest maybe yeah that that seems about right 
I think personally for me, I would suggest um, at least 13 and up, possibly 12, but I'd, I'd say at least 13 and up just because um, it is a very violent movie and there is a lot of fighting and a lot of deaths that happen. I have a cousin who's 12 and I don't think she would like watch this movie at all because I think it would be a little bit too violent. So yeah, I'd have to say 13 and up. Well, it looks like we're out of time for this segment, but Blake and Juliana, thank you so much for being with us and talking with us all about The Dark Knight Rises. So be sure to go check it out in a theater near you because it is an awesome action-adventure movie. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to 
Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devani, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now let's continue our discussion about The Dark Knight Rises, and we have with us Victoria, who recently saw the film as well. So how are you doing, Victoria? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on this film? Okay, this movie was my favorite one out of all three. All of them were, like, equally good, but this one was the best. Because, like, normally trilogies aren't... The last one's normally the worst one. And the second one's normally not as good as the first one. So, this one, they were all better than the first. Like, they just kept getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm glad to hear that you liked it. I personally was a little bit confused. Like, I was telling... um Blake earlier I have not seen the past films so I was a little bit confused Um, but I overall thought this film was fantastic so what age group do you think you would recommend this film for I would recommend this movie for about mature 12 year olds and up Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's kind of violent and you might not be able to take that at a young age. Like, it might give you nightmares, depending on how you are. Absolutely. So, well, how old are you? I'm 14. 14, cool. I'm 15, so, yeah, we're about the same age. I absolutely agree with you. Like I was saying before, I think 13 and up, much 12-year-olds could probably see this. But I definitely know some 12-year-olds who would be like, what, what's happening? No, don't die. Um, so why don't you talk to us a little bit about Bane and what you thought of him as being the villain in this film? I don't, I don't, Bane, I didn't like him. It was confusing because it ended up he was, like, not him, but he was in a way. I know. know. I was confused. Then, yeah, I was like, wait, how does that work? But then maybe it's just me, but every time he talked and he had the mask on, it seemed like his voice was like a a bullhorn or something. I couldn't really, like, I could understand what he was saying to a certain extent, but I think, like, especially when he was talking at the football field, when he was talking through his mask and also through the bullhorn, I had not, not a clue what he was saying. And neither did, like, the friends I saw it with. My friend was like, what did he say? I was like, I have no idea. I could not understand him at all. I also think the mask made him, like, really, really scary. Because in the very, very first scene of the movie, like, the airplane scene, I was like, oh, my God. Like, if I saw this masked dude, like coming and you know I'd be like what what is happening um and I think he was played by Tom Hardy and I think Tom Hardy did a fantastic job um that mask must have been very uncomfortable because by the end of the movie it looked like it was like completely like digging into his face but I think it gave his character sort of like this mysterious quality it was pretty cool so what do you think of the special effects of this movie okay the special effects Normally, I think special effects look really fake, but they actually look kind of real in this movie. Like, when they were fighting and the explosions, and it looked real. Like, the special effects look like it's actually happened. Like, why is there a superhero flying, but it's not flying? It's like, it looked like Batman was actually broken. Mm-hmm. 
I absolutely agree with you. I think um, the special effects in this movie were amazing, and they were so realistic. And uh, especially, you know, one scene that really stood out to me was, like, the bridge scene when um, all of the bridges were being exploded. And I thought that was really cool just because it was, like... I know they didn't actually, like, explode these massive bridges, but it looked like they did. Like, it looked so real. And if I was, like, watching that on TV and I didn't know it was a movie, I'd be like, oh, my God, when did this happen? So I think they did a fantastic job. Like, I think I just liked all explosions in this movie because I'm typically not the type of person that's, like, explosions, woo, cool. Because um, I'm, like, not really into, like, action and adventure movies and stuff. But I thought it was just so cool to like see all of the explosions and like sort of like the domino effect of everything that's happened and so I think this movie was very good like visually so what do you think of the acting in this film the acting was surprisingly really good because they're like new characters like Anne Hathaway I did I thought she was like this sweet little actor and I didn't know she could play like Catwoman like Catwoman is the exact opposite of her Absolutely. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for talking with us and giving us your opinion on the movie The Dark Knight Rises. So like I said, be sure to check it out. You are listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing Dark Crystal. And that's what we're going to be talking about right now. We're going to be talking about Dark Crystal, and we have with us Juliana. So how are you doing today, Juliana? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this movie? Okay. So this movie is about, like, this little elfling, and his master tells him that he has to find a shard and repair this powerful gem. And at first, he doesn't understand it, but then along the way, he gets help, and then he finally figures out what he has to do. That sounds like a very interesting storyline, so let's... Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the visuals of this film? Um, it wasn't that good because it's an older movie, but for its time, it was actually really good. Mm-hmm. And was this film live action or animation? What was it? It was kind of like puppeteer work because they were oh, like cool. puppets. That sounds pretty cool. I can understand how it wouldn't be like as high quality as, shall we say, Batman, which we were just talking about, because it is an older movie for sure. Um, but I sort of kind of admire that quality of film, you know, because like that's what our parents grew up with, and you know, that's what some of you know other older teenagers grew up with. And it's kind of cool to see like how much technology has progressed, and if we didn't start out somewhere with like those simple movies then we would never be where we are today so what do you think about your favorite character or a favorite part in this movie um my favorite character was fizzing kira the other girlfriend her little like pet thing i i just liked him because he's like this little fuzzy thing and he just always barked and um one part was funny when he bit someone. I just kind of thought that was funny. He was like, ruff, ruff, and just bit him. <laughs> well, those are some very, very interesting names. That sounds pretty cool. I want to get, like, a dog and name him Fizzling and just be like, oh, yeah, it's from that movie. So do you think you have a favorite scene in this movie? Um, My favorite scene was when they were riding on these, like, animal thingies because they had, like, really long legs, and it was really cool how they were just like, 
galloping, and they're like huge. Hmm. And what did you think about the voiceovers in this film? Um, I thought they did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. And what do you think of the emotion in this film? Um, there were some parts that were sad, and then the, the puppets were crying, and I thought it was, like, kind of sad. And then there were, like, happy, teary things, and they were all dancing and stuff. It was mm-hmm. really So adorable. would you say, overall, it's a light-hearted film, or do you think there's more sadness in it than happiness? Um, I think it's a light-hearted film. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So would you recommend it for what age? Um... About five to like ten, because the younger kids might be a little afraid of these like puppet things that are like really strange. They're like almost like dinosaur people. Yeah. And then the older kids will think it's really boring watching puppets. Kind of like the yeah. Muppets. <laughs> well, I personally love the Muppets. I so like I. every Muppet movie over and over again. But the Muppets, they're a little bit different than like your average puppets and puppeteering. So I think I could understand where you would say five to ten, maybe. So yeah. how many stars do you think you would give this film on a scale of one to five? I would give it three because it was a little creepy, like the puppets at some points. Because like... At one point, there were these dinosaur-like thingies. They were attacking with, like, one person. And then in another scene, they threw the dog down a pit into, like, lava. Oh, my God. But he lived. (laughs) Oh, wow. That sounds very interesting. Well, Juliana, thank you so much for talking with us all about this film, Dark Crystal. It sounds like a very cute adventure movie with some very interesting creatures. So thank you for telling us all about it, and be sure to check it out. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www.kidsfirst.org. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, signing out, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week.